everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, we've talked a lot about robots on the show. Yes, we uh, love robots. We've talked about robots that dance. Yes. Jump. Yes. Run. <laughs> Dog robots. <laughs> yes. Microscopic robots that are self-replicating. Yes. Terminator a little, 2. A little unnerving. Yeah. Terminator 2 robots yes. are going to kill us all. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, we joke a lot about, like, you know, the, the end of humanity. The robots yes. kill us all stuff. But yes. let's be honest. There are some real value to to robots, yep. uh, especially in the workplace and in yes. places like uh, supply chain, warehousing, distribution, manufacturing. Oh, more and more every day. Uh, they work alongside workers to mm. to augment and improve their workflows. Cobots? And efficiencies. Cobots. Can I use that word? Cobots. Yes. That's mm-hmm. a popular word. So that's, that's our big topic for the day. We've yeah, got Mark Wheeler from Zebra joining us to talk a little bit about Great expert. what's yep. going on in the world of robotics, um, mm-hmm. you know, what what he's seeing in the market right now, mm-hmm. why maybe some folks are a little hesitant about this or not sure where to start, yep. where opportunities might lie. Uh, we'll get into some of the, you know, you know what the value is outside of just the general efficiencies and labor savings that most right. people assume. Right. Uh, this is actually was a topic that was uh, requested by Absolutely. one of our viewers. So a shout out to Corey McClelland from Arrowhead Resellers. Thank you so much for submitting this See, request. our resellers need to know this information. That's They're right. They're wanting to know. Exactly. And Corey, stick around to the end. Some of the questions you specifically wanted answered, we are going to address to Mark uh, towards the end of the show in there the value go. of the VAR section. Absolutely. Uh, all that again, plus our usual, what's tech connecting? With us, it's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right. As I mentioned, our guest today is Mark Wheeler. Mark is the director of supply chain solutions for Zebra and was given to us as the expert on robotics for Zebra. So that's, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not the experts. That means we're relying on you. So, right. Mark, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate having you on the show. Tell us a little about yourself, your role at Zebra, and, and, and how did you become the robotics expert? Uh, great to be here, John, and uh, thank you for, for the introduction. Yeah. So for, for Zebra, I look after our strategy in warehouse and manufacturing operations. Robotics happens to be a passion of mine that predates my 15-odd years at, at Zebra, going back to uh, Carnegie Mellon. I studied robotics there back in the dark ages and, and, built, and built and deployed them for IBM um, in, in, in the 80s. So uh, it's really gratifying to see all that's happening in, in the industry now, now that we have all these you know, sensor and AI capabilities to make it all go. Well, that's a legit expert. Not only just legit. somebody who's who's gotten into it in this industry, but literally studied it. <laughs> yes. As you mentioned, back in the dark ages, before, yes. you know, robots were a regular yeah. thing, you know, yeah. when it was just a dream, you know, right. a science fiction dream, if you will, at times. Yes. That so, is awesome. Well, then, Mark, uh, let's let's talk about the, the current state of the market. Then, Obviously, if you've been in this for a while, you kind of know where we've come from and where we are now. What is the the appetite for robots in, in like in warehousing and manufacturing in particular, which I know are the strong points right now? What does all that look like right now? Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly a time of, of rapid innovation and rapid growth. And there's some basic enabling technologies that are helping to make that happen. Lithium lithium ion batteries, as basic as that may be, the idea of a self-powered bot that can you know, run for a shift or, or thereabouts. You know, the energy density there is, is fundamental. The sensors, the LIDAR, the 3D cameras, all of that is just coming together to enable all kinds of innovation uh, throughout the industry. We're seeing high double-digit growth, you know, 20 to 30% compounded growth is expected in a lot of segments. And, 
probably in 2025, yeah, both in warehousing and in logistics and in uh, manufacturing. Each of those will, you know, be somewhere around eight billion dollars in um, in um, in spend. Excellent. Yeah, that's a huge appetite. Not not there, but when you when you look at it, and we've got all kinds of little studies that I mm-hmm. think are, are that will mm-hmm. in in kind of you know, put as as a piece to this whole dialogue here. More than three quarters, seventy seven percent of decision makers agree that they need to modernize operations across their warehouse to remain competitive. So when you think about the appetite of of robotics, you know, I, I think that there's just a lot of conversation around it right yeah. now due to some of the labor shortages and and all those types of things. But when you start to see some of the statistics that come out, there's an appetite, right? Oh, yeah. There's an appetite in the marketplace. Now we just need to figure out, is this the right time, yeah. you know, to start implementing some of those things. Definitely. And Mark, I'll throw you a quick little curveball here. Obviously, you know, Zebra acquired Fetch Robotics not too long back. Mm-hmm. So that, that says something about, you know, what Zebra sees as happening here and, right. and, and, the, and the opportunity. You know, what, what, what do you think Zebra saw in the market to say, hey, now is the time for us to get on board with robotics too? Well, yeah. I mean, we do our our uh, our research, uh, our vision studies, and we you know we publish them every year in various topics. We we take a close look at the warehouse and logistics market probably about every other year, and uh, it's some of the things that you reference. You know that you know I I reference some of the technological innovations that are making this market pop. Uh, you mentioned labor um, for for a number of years, even before the pandemic, uh, most of our customers on the logistics and warehouse side cited labor availability as one of their chief concerns and their chief challenges. And the idea of having an operation, um, you know, that's, that's dependent on a resource that uh, may be constrained in a particular market, particularly as we see uh, the, the uh, growth of e-commerce, we see the clustering of e-commerce fulfillment centers in different areas for good, you know, <laughs> logistics reasons, we need to be able to service a particular market, that, uh, that creates challenges. So, uh, so labor is certainly a, a huge part of that. The other part is just risk. You know, I've, I've been in this business quite a while, and for a long time, when a company looked at investing in automation, let's say in a fulfillment operation or any warehouse operation, it was considered to be fairly risky because the nature of the solution, you know, wasn't that flexible. And so, if you were very confident in what the future would hold for you operationally, you know, the SKUs, the orders, the customer service uh, uh, definition, all of that then you could invest in conveyors and sortation systems and ASRS and, and get a good ROI, and that's all well and good. Uh, but if you did that and then you had a major change in your business, your order profiles changed, your, the customers decided that customer service meant something different, uh, your skew mix changed in a dramatic way, a lot of times those systems could not adapt uh, to those changes. So there was a lot of both operational and financial risk associated with automating. And so a lot of operators either got burned or were very, very cautious about it. And one of the aspects that we see of these new systems, these AMR-based systems, is that they are they take away a lot of that risk. Yeah, that's a really good, interesting angle to come at at the risk profile. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. think about that. And we, we always poke fun at the pencil, pencil pushers that are still, <laughs> right. you know, in manufacturing and they're using Excel. Spreadsheets to, at best, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but his his point is valid. And we've talked about it many, many times where, hey, it ain't break, it ain't broke. So right. we're not going to fix right. it. And why would we want to put in this automation type of thing? So that's always been a, a bit of a headwind out there. But it, but it is interesting. And it feels a little bit different with robotics. You know, now it's, I don't know if it's a generational thing or just a coming of age type right. of a thing with the, the use of the technology, but it feels a little bit different coming into it. So, yeah, 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 I'd say so. Well, Mark, you referenced <laughs> the fact that Zebra does these you know uh, vision studies and, and frequently checks in on with the world of warehousing and supply chain. Mm. I looked at your one from 2019. There's one
one statistic that kind of popped out at me. Mm -hmm. 77% of respondents agree that augmenting workers is the best way to introduce tech, but only 35% know where to start. <laughs> and I think right. that's, a, that's a huge stat because, you know, it's, it's that, again, it's that understanding, like, we, we get it. We know that there's a need for this. We understand the need for it even, but we're not sure where to get started there. And, and I know that goes beyond just robotics too. But mm. so, you know, what do you think are some of like the challenges, some of the misconceptions, the the lack of resources, like where what's keeping supply chain leaders from from getting started and, and how can we help from the reseller side of things too? Yeah, I think there's there's a number of misconceptions that might be slowing uh, uh, people down. We talked about risk already. You know, the idea that, hey, the fact is you can start small, <laughs> you can learn and scale, you know, if if it meets your objectives uh, um, and, and meets, you know, your your particular operational needs, you don't have to do a major CapEx. In fact, you can do the whole thing on OpEx. You, you can go in as a service and deploy uh, an AMR-based solution as a service and and um, and be OpEx positive, right? With, without any uh, any CapEx at all. I mean, that is a, that is a possibility. So a lot of that that sort of um, you know that risk um, you know you can kind of set aside. One of the things that we're very focused on in Zebra, as you might imagine, is optimizing. And, and integrating the human element with all of this, because it's very easy to be distracted by by the big shiny object, which is the robot, and that, uh, you know, which is taking away, typically in fulfillment operations, we're taking away the non-value added time, right? We're taking out the travel time, we're taking out the walk time, we're eliminating the need of that operator to you know, physically drag the materials through the operation, whether they're doing picking or replenishment, either way. Uh, so we're making that job uh, easier, but we also, uh, in the process, we're actually increasing the pick density. So we're taking out that travel time, which is usually half the half the time of the picker, which means they're going to be spending a lot more time actually handling product, actually picking, which is what what we want. They're going to spend less time walking. We're going to take the miles walked out of the operation. They're going to spend. They're going to have less physical effort because the bot's going to move the materials. That's all great. Um, in the process of, let's say, doubling pick density, it's now twice as important <laughs> that the picking itself uh, be as effective as it can be. So that we have the right tech to communicate to the operator what they need to do to verify that they did, in fact, do it. So think about wearable scanning and those kinds of technologies. Uh, and we do it in an ergonomically sound way. So we're not requiring them to do anything unnatural or any extra work or movements in the, in the way that they use the technology. So all those things that we've been doing for many, many years actually are more important um, in a lot of automated environments than they were before. That's really, that, that's good. Talk to us a little bit about how software now is involved in that. Because, you know, as I listen to you there, we've got this blending of technology, right? You've got the human factor, you've got the cobot coming in, if you will. We're trying to orchestrate the robotics around the human use mm. uh, in that. Uh, wearables, you know, integrating that, trying to increase that. Are you seeing some moves on the on the software side as well in, in, the, in the niche development there? Or just what are, what are some of your thoughts around software and how that's playing into how robotics is being integrated into it as well. Yeah, it's a big part, certainly, of, of you know, what Zebra is doing, you know, with, with Fetch, integrating Fetch into our existing Fulfillment Edge uh, capabilities for managing workflows in that way. There's really two kind of main challenges on the software side. One is managing the robotic solution itself. So you think about fleet management and understanding those, uh, those issues and controlling the bots, tasking the bots in the optimum way. Uh, and the other is integrating it into the broader workflow within the facility. So that might be picking or replenishment or, or just a straight material movement. So all that has to be done with software. 
Uh, the reality is for um, basic material movement. So if you think about deploying one of these solutions that's, that's say replacing a conveyor system, it's moving product from point A to point B or replacing a lift truck. Uh, again, moving product from point A to point B. There's very little integration necessary to make that productive. In fact, that you can get those things live with almost no integration within a few days. Um, when you start to move into a fulfillment solution where, say, we're taking over you know, an entire fulfillment operation or we're going to start integrating, maybe we're going to do something really fancy and start to, to task interleave replenishment and fulfillment tasks uh, with both bots and people. You know, that Now you're into a more uh, interesting, let's say, integration with, uh, with the WMS at that point. Um, but that's something that, you know, obviously we're very, uh, very focused on. Yeah. And I, I think that's where some of that complexity comes in. Right. So now, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, to your point, you know, if we're doing fulfillment of a particular good. Well, now you're bringing in scanning, you're bringing in all these other types of elements that are going to be necessary to make that happen. The, right. the shipping element, uh, all those types of things. And it'll be curious to see because, you know, robotics right now, as you think about it, and you've been spending a little bit of time talking about moving of materials around or making that process more efficient and bringing the materials to the worker that's in a particular pick station. Uh, but maybe taking it to the next level where it's now uh, armed with scanning capabilities and, and labeling capabilities mm -hmm. and things like that. Maybe is the next iteration. I don't know. But uh, but I can see, uh, you know, the challenges that that poses when you just kind of take it up an another level just from moving materials around. to Oh, now integrating this into an overall process. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I can see as being a, a pretty big challenge. I agree. Yeah. I think there's there's kind of a temptation to say, well, let's just keep all the technology on the bots. And users can just walk up to the bot and see what they need to do and, you know, kind of work with that, maybe a presentation scanner or something. And that obviously can work. Uh, we just feel that we're leaving a lot of, of, of value on the table when we do it that way in a lot of operations. So if we know where the person is and we know where the bot is, and we can task them simultaneously. And so the worker's not waiting for a bot to stop and turn on a light. It's actually being told, okay, you know, you're going to meet the bot at a particular location. Uh, we've shown that we can unlock significant value by doing that. You know, I like um, that you talk about this in the sense of this whole worker augmentation and and not leaving the people part out of this. We had a conversation with Drew Arnold from Newcastle a few mm -hmm. weeks back where yep. we talked about mobility and right. and we we emphasize this idea like it's a there's a bit of a worker revolution going on right now where mm -hmm. people in some of these places you know like in these warehouses that have had to do the miles of walks every day mm -hmm. are standing up and saying hey I don't want to do this anymore it's wear and tear on my mm -hmm. body. There's no, there's really not a need for it. Automation could help out here. And I think that kind of overcomes that misconception that sometimes people have of, well, if we're introducing the robots, it's because we want to get rid of the workers. No, we want to make the workers more efficient. We want to make sure that they are able to do their jobs faster, better, keep up with the demand of the world now that says everything has to be, you know, on time, fast, super fast, faster than before, mm -hmm. and get stuff and getting everything out the door. And I think, again, if you, if you approach it from that mindset of like, hey, I want to help your workforce get better, one, one, you're 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 telling a compelling story, and two, to the workers, I think you know that becomes a great story to them too. You know, mm -hmm. if you can go to your workers and say, "Hey, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it so that you don't no longer have to walk a three mile circuit around the warehouse every 15 minutes or so to do your job, just by introducing a few robotics." Mm -hmm. We're going to make your job a little bit easier, but we're also going to help you get faster and more efficient at it, mm -hmm. too. And I think there's a great story to be told there. Yeah. Again, in this this world that we're living in where, you know, everyone's trying to decide, like, what really matters to me when it comes mm -hmm. to my work anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. and labor shortages are becoming such a big issue. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, change, change management is is generally pretty easy yeah, for those reasons, right? We're making the job better. 
And from the standpoint of compete, if you're thinking about competing for labor in a particular market, you know, if you're offering jobs that are, well, kind of cool, we're working with robots, it's kind of cool, but also significantly, you know, less physical effort involved, then, you know, you're going to have an easier time attracting and retaining labor. Yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see. And I don't know if you have any statistics off the top of your head, Mark, but, you know, like uh, because when again, when we we're talking to Drew in, in Newcastle, you know, he he was making some claims, you know, that, you know, if you put in mobility carts, you can have 8x or whatever right, right, uh, right. type of productivity around there. Do you have any initial thoughts or any initial studies that, that show that, you know, when we put in robotics, let's just go with material handling uh, type of that we've been discussing here. Uh, is it usually like a 2x where they're seeing efficiency? efficiencies and productivity grow out of it? Or is there any, is it just too early to start getting into those kinds of numbers? Well, certainly we've seen those kind of numbers. We've seen 2x, we've seen 3x, but it's it's still situational. You know, it really does depend on the particular operation, you know, their their pick density, their flow, their their materials, the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Fair enough. So, so okay. Obviously, if the efficiencies, the labor savings. That's that's the stuff that people you know think is the tangible, concrete evidence mm-hmm. of of robots and cobots and how they work. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you you know when you've worked with with facilities that have embraced this, that have said, hey, let's bring in the AMRs, let's let's bring in sensor driven robots, let's you know material handling, pick pack ship, whatever it is that they're that they're in, in embracing and bringing on board. What do you see happen as a whole? Like, what happens to the entire facility and to the operation and the enterprise as a whole once they embrace these robots? Yeah, you know, I think one of the interesting things that you see is that there's uh, a growth in just kind of operational understanding. Um, you know, you begin to learn that just the process of deploying these and using these solutions. You have much better visibility to material movement. You've got the full historical record of everything that moved. You've got insights into congestion. Um, insights into, okay, what drives utilization of, of, the, of the solution and what doesn't, um, you end up with, hey, what, what's the right slotting strategy um, for, for this solution? You know, you, you might have had a slotting strategy for what you had before. A lot of times folks are coming from pick the cart, you know, and there's various tools to help you do that. But how do we optimize slotting, you know, for this? Um, you know, how do we batch work effectively and maybe we have, you know, a mix of different types of, of bots and carts based on how we can batch work to get things through faster and more efficiently. There's all kinds of operational learning that takes place. And like I said, you know, the basic flexibility is there to do whatever you want to do, you know, uh, with, you know, depending, you can adapt the payload of the bot, you can adapt the, the uh, configuration of the top of the bot, you know, based on how you want to batch orders. Uh, you can do all kinds of things to kind of tune the solution to your particular needs. So is it fair to say that when you implement robotics, is, is AI kind of walking hand in hand? Because now you have this new visibility, right? To, you have more data on how things are moving within an environment. Is it just natural to say that, hey, analytics, uh, you know, artificial intelligence about how this is being used and how it could be smarter, used more smartly? Uh, is that kind of starting to play in now? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And uh, that's certainly the way we see things evolving, right? So, you know, one of the things that you need for AI to work well is good, clean data from the edge, good, clean, repeatable data from the edge. Well, we're generating a lot of that. Uh, so I, I do think the tools will uh, naturally evolve to, to leveraging AI more and more because they will have the data. Um, you know, when I was before uh, Zebra, I, I was actually running engineering for a large healthcare distributor for, for a couple of years. And, you know, if we wanted to 
um, solve a particular problem or even answer a particular question. I had to send, you know, industrial engineers out for maybe a week to gather data and observe and, you know, maybe try some things. And then we get together and figure, okay, what's, what's the best uh, solution? You know, do we adjust our slotting criteria? What do we do? And in this, in this world, you know, you're just going to have, you have all the data you possibly want. And, and yes, AI tools, I think are a natural fit for, for leveraging that. Yeah. And I think that's where the value proposition is really going to mm-hmm. kind of grow, right? You know, implementing the technology, yes, but then using it smartly right, uh, right. to figure out how this can be utilized efficiently. And, and I think that that's, I don't know what you think, Mark. I mean, I, I, obviously, you're going to start to see robotics. I, I, my guess would be in their larger facilities, right, where there's, there's resources, there's dollars to put behind it. The economics behind uh, utilizing robotics in large facilities is there. Uh, but I don't, I, I'm wondering how long it, it takes to get down to the SMB kind of manufacturer level, maybe not that long. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we're there. Um, okay, there you go. I talked about you know how these tools are scalable and they're they're really simple to go live. You know, depending on the on the use case, we've seen uh, SMB businesses deploy these you know with with good success. You know, right out of the bat, right out of the box. So uh, absolutely, this technology is accessible to the SMB community and it, and it's accessible to the VAR community servicing uh, those customers. You know, if you have a good understanding of warehouse operations, you have a good understanding. You know, once you start uh, directing and controlling things, uh, real things in real time, it brings a lot of inherent complexity. But if you're familiar with that that world, um, I think you can uh, you can really get into this. Yeah. Just the kind of geeky thing that I think yeah. a lot yeah. of our solution integrators would would love to get elbow deep into the kind of the data, right? Because yeah. we haven't really had that kind of visibility, which is I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, and the robots up, aren't going to lie to you. They're not right. going to they're not yeah. going to fudge the numbers. They're not going to tell you what they did or didn't do. You that's know, right. They're just like that's just that's just the raw data. You're going to yeah. get what you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you're going to see the truth of it there. So. And in real time. And, and exactly. to Mark's point, he can make tweaks. So if you're an operations person in the warehouse, you know you can see the data in real time, make meaningful tweaks and see that result, you know, in real time yeah, type yeah. of thing. That's really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Well, along those same lines, you know, the, and that analytics piece too, sensor technology is obviously growing in a lot of industries. And uh, we, when we had an episode about RFID, we talked about, you know, some of Fetch's robots that, you know, have RFID readers built into right. them that can yeah. just, you know, march up and down, uh, you know, a, a warehouse and just take inventory mm-hmm. for you, you know, just again, cutting out, you know, an extra person that needs to do that kind of stuff. And again, having regular actionable live, you know, real time data. So, you know, this sensor tech can be used, you know, with for analytics, environmental maintenance, security, lots of different places. Tell us what you're seeing there, though. Are there any interesting use cases for, like, sensor-equipped robots that maybe people normally don't think of? Yeah, of course, the bots themselves are are roving sensor packs you know, just to keep track of where they are and operate safely and quickly. Uh, so that's, you know, that's what they are. But you, you mentioned our, our tag surveyor bot. So it's essentially an autonomous mobile robot that's got uh, you know, RFID antennas mounted on RFID reader integrated into it. So we are seeing you know, more and more customers and more and more product categories uh, tagged. So we expect to see that to continue to grow. You know, the, the core of that right now is, is fashion apparel, you know, footwear accessories and all that's been item level tagged for, for some years. See that expanding out into other product categories, you know, such as you know, pharma and medical and automotive and you know, what have you. And as soon as you have that, then now you've got the ability to really automate a lot of the effort that you might be expending today in inventory control. Uh, let's send that bot around and, and look for um, you know product that's out of place. You, know, you can you can put an RFID tag on the 
on the bin location, you put on, if, you're, if you've got tagged product and you can start to identify, hey, here's something where, you know, we need a human to come check this out because this is not in sync with the system. And as companies need to operate, you know, everybody's operating faster, right? Nobody's getting more, more time to turn orders or to turn inventory. Um, this is really important. You know, if, if you have an inventory error, uh, you will find out eventually, and chances are you'll find out the hard way. Um, so a good operator is going to understand that good inventory control is foundational to uh, to meeting their goals. You know whether it's you know customer service, financial, what have you. And so they'll they'll be expending the appropriate amount of effort to get keep really good control of inventory. Like I say, you know if you have a person problem, a data problem, or a product problem, uh, or just damage in transit, it's going to show up as an inventory count error eventually. <laughs> and the sooner you find it, the better um, all around. So I, I, absolutely, I think that's important. And, and I, I, I do think we'll see, you know, vision integrated with RFID uh, to help round out some of the, you know, the ability to perceive what, uh, you know, the physical world directly is. Like. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, and I'm glad you went down to the vision kind of component. Uh, we were starting to get a little dangerous in our knowledge mm -hmm. around vision and LIDAR and, mm -hmm. and, and, and how it's being. But camera technology, our understanding is is really where the, the game is going to be played and the in integration of camera technology, to your point, in this case, to augment, uh, you know, the sensing capabilities of the AMR or whatever the robot might be. Uh, so you do see the use of cameras, uh, you know, being brought in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're about I don't know nine or ten months since we we uh, entered the machine vision space ourselves with our you know, our family of cameras and software to go do that, and you're really just starting to see some really interesting use cases on the on the logistics side. You know, both logistics and manufacturing are, are uh, areas for that. But <clears throat> if you just extend the idea of labor is scarce and skilled labor is scarcer. Uh, I'd like to be able to do more with sensors if I can, you know, and that's true from receiving all the way through shipping. So is this a good receipt? Is this shipment ready to go? Is it staged in the right place? All of those things that we really rely on on uh, on workers to do today. You know, every literally every material move, you're, you're typically training that worker to verify, hey, the system thinks you're moving this, you know, check and make sure it's really this. Um, wouldn't it be nice if we could kind of rely on sensors to do that? I think we'll, we'll see those use cases expand. A bit of the nirvana, you know, yeah. of where we'd all like to be is, is, no is having that. Yeah, yeah, quite literally the warehouse of the future there. But, right, you know, right. But I think one we can yeah. be excited about. But uh, hey, Drew, I, or I'm sorry, Mark, real quick. Uh, when, when when we talk talk about robotics, you know, from the reseller standpoint, and, I, and not to throw you yet another curveball here because you're a wealth of information. You've got great insights uh, into like our value-added resellers, right? The typical, whether it's a zebra reseller or, or whatnot, what, what is the realistic uh, expectation that they should have on trying to integrate robotics into their cell this year and moving forward? I mean, is it the type of thing where they really need to start paying attention to what's happening in the robotics and, and starting to get educated on it? Or what would some of your advice be to, again, a, more of a, of a traditional reseller that's playing in this manufacturing uh, space? Yeah, I think, you know, you're going to see, you know, in your customer base more and more of this technology coming in. So uh, if you are a, a skilled, you know, there's all, all types of, you know, where, warehouse materials management is, is a part of most of our partners' business to one degree or another. If it's your main thing, then you absolutely need to be educated on what's going on here and how it's likely to impact your customers. Because there's a, there's a lot that can be done um, with your current, you know, if you're currently knowledgeable about, you know, scanning and printing and mobile computing and integrating that into workflows, 
then you absolutely have a very important role to play, uh, whether you're directly involved in the robotics or not, because that's going to change the workflows. It's going to have to adapt to those new workflows accordingly. And is there going to be a channel, you know, in, in the utilize, not just the implementation of the robot, but the ongoing maintenance of a robot and, and those types of things? Uh, talk to us a little bit about how, what that, what you might see as the future of what that looks like. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, the, the nice things about this technology from a warehouse operator perspective is that they are inherently redundant systems, right? If I have an AMR that goes down, I can just you know, bring up another one and, uh, in fact, if I unbox a new one, it can become aware of where it is and why it's there and start being productive almost on its own. Um, so from the standpoint of do I need a lot of on-site support? No, but I'd certainly need some. So, you know, the traditional role of the reseller is maintaining that close customer relationship, having that local presence when it's needed. That's going to continue to be uh, you know, very valuable. Bingo. Uh, awesome. Well said. And, yep. I, and I think that that's exactly the kind of the optics that a reseller should have moving into this space yeah. is that it's it's going to be complimentary. It's going to it's here. It's yeah. here now. Yeah. <laughs> so you should you should absolutely understand it and how to integrate it. And and there's ways in which you can augment your business and grow your business through the use of yep. these types of technologies. Can you imagine having a worker that just walks in the door and knows what they're supposed right. to do from day one? <laughs> Don't have to worry about training, no orientation, no months of them messing things up and asking a bunch of questions. Downloads all the instructions. It has the whole thing. I can see the appeal of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, Mark, thanks so much for talking to us about robots. Uh, Again, we're going to here in a moment uh, dive into some specific questions from one of our VARs, actually, and and maybe kind of um, go a little deeper from what you just mentioned here. Yep. But first, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors, of which Zebra is one. We thank you for your support of the show and for lending us mark today uh hey if you like the show um if you're watching us on youtube hit the like button for this episode subscribe to our channel yes um so you don't miss out when new videos come out or other cool stuff that we're putting out there we got our cooking shows coming back soon that's true yes bon lots of has a lots new of engagement coming soon yeah, yeah so yeah. cool stuff to find there uh and then if you're if you're an audio listener uh, you know, subscribe to us, obviously, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an Apple or Spotify listener, please leave us a review, mm-hmm. uh, five-star rating. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what you think about the show. And as always, if you have, you know, questions about the show, if you uh, just want to give us some feedback, if there are topics that you are interested in uh, hearing about, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Normally, we have our we have our value of the VAR segment. That's right. We, we still do, but yeah. this one's one that's even more valuable than ever because yes. the VAR themselves have told us what do they want to hear about. What's the takeaway they want from this conversation? So again, thanks to Corey from Arrowhead for uh, you know suggesting the topic, and he also threw out a few questions that I'm going to kind of rattle <laughs> off to you, Mark, and 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 let you uh, give us a little extra insight here. So his first question was, you know, what what size and type of customer has the best success rates or ROI? with robots you know so if, if a reseller is out there and they're trying to figure out where do i start with this what you know what kind of customer should they be looking for yeah so uh, i'll take it from a couple of approaches one is uh, material movement you know it's the operator directed material movement as i described earlier that can be done with little to no real integration with the wms or anything like that um you know pretty straightforward that's going to be in discrete manufacturing as well as in almost any logistics operation you can find you know, a few use cases typically in almost any logistics operation where they can leverage that. We've seen it used for, you know, anything from, okay, we've done the sort for put away, take this to this put away zone. And the bot knows where that is and it goes. Uh, dunnage, 
you know, we're gener generating trash at replenishment or generating trash at pack. Let's get that over to the trash compactor, you know, and the bot can do that all day, all, you know, 24 hours a day. I think, you know, one of the things you have to recognize is that a 24 hour multi-shift operation is inherently going to have a stronger ROI because they're going to be able to leverage that asset uh, over multiple shifts, just like any other automation investment, you know, that's going to be a plus. Um, on the fulfillment side, you know, the easiest fit is probably somebody that's already doing pick to cart. Chances are the types of items they're handling and the volumes that they're handling, the pick density that they have is all going to be a good match for transitioning to AMRs. And in fact, you can mix and match them together. One of the, the fetch advantages is what we call cart connect. You can actually kind of disassociate the AMR from the cart and you and for some operations, if you want to pick direct to the AMR, you can. If you want to pick to a cart and just have the AMR, you know, hey, run this over to pack out, you know, you can do that too. Uh, larger operations, typically stronger, uh, um, um, just because, you know, if there is some some integration costs, you know, you're going to be able to amortize that over a larger, um, you know, user community and you're going to get that, that, that bigger ROI. But for, you know, like we said, it's highly scalable. So, I wouldn't discount SMB at all in terms of being a candidate for these, uh, for these solutions. Good cool. answer, yeah. And I, and I think a lot of resellers are going to appreciate that. Yes. Right? Very yeah. much so. All right. And his next question was to tell us about a successful integration deployment. So do you have a particular success story where someone said, hey, we want to get in on this, and, and you saw it really take off and work? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of them. You can go to fetchrobotics.com and, and read the case studies and see which one kind of fits your situation. Uh, or the types of customers that you work with, if you're a bar, right? Uh, I would, you know, take a take a good look at Waytech. So this is, I guess you call them SMB, you know, electrical uh, equipment distributor. Um, so, you know, a wholesale distributor. And they had automated with conventional technology. They were running up against their, uh, their, their ability to, basically they're running up against the design capacity, the legacy automation, and simply aug augmented that with some, some AMR-based material movement, some AMR-based fulfillment, and we're able to exceed the design capacity of the building by another 25%. So really good ROI, lots of cost avoidance if they had to augment the traditional automated system, you know, with more conveyor on the floor and all that that brings in terms of, you know, that can kind of impede the operational flexibility right there when you start bolting steel to the floor. So I think that is a really good example of what this technology can do, how it can be quickly integrated into an SMB account uh, or a customer and, and, and deliver the value right away. Nice. Love that. I love that use case because we all know that warehouse, I, I guess, is I think it's the only thing. That, well, <laughs> it's one of the biggest things that's being built in the commercial real estate mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. Warehouse, 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 right, warehouse, right. warehouse. But what you're also starting to see is the utilization of existing space, especially in urban centers. Yep. Uh, and to, uh, why I love this use case or the one you were just mentioning there, the Waytech one, it, it, it brings more efficiencies to existing infrastructure. Right. And that's that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. If you can if you can increase 25% the throughput in an existing facility, that's meaningful Oh yeah, <laughs> by bringing in AMR. So that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. I'll uh, drop that link to that Waytech case study mm -hmm. in the show notes for if you want to check it out. Um, so last question from Corey here. What do you see as the future for robots in the warehouse and when will stores slash retail slash grocery, et cetera, get in the game? Oh, that's a loaded well, question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, well, the line between warehouse and store is getting a little fuzzy. Um, I would say, and, and you referenced the, you know, the warehouse build out in North America right now, the, the, the e-commerce, the, you know, the urban 
e-commerce warehouse space situation is just uh, is just exploding. So lots of investment, lots of fulfillment operations, you know, going live out there, and a lot of them could benefit from from these kind of solutions, and they will over time. I mean, certainly grocery is is a unique case. Um, you know, we all have learned <laughs> to order online grocery, and some of us have, have really uh, liked the experience and going to stick with it. Um, so a lot of that is, you know, buy online, pick up in store. A lot of that is order online. So what we're seeing is a lot of innovation in that industry um, with uh, what you might call uh, MFCs, uh, micro fulfillment center technology, essentially mini ASRSs that can be deployed even in the back of a store. And then customer fulfillment centers, larger, you know, urban operations or dark stores. Basically, it's a dedicated fulfillment operation. And we'll see a different mix of technology there. In terms of the role that AMRs will play, um, we see some of the some of the MFC providers, uh, the micro fulfillment center technology providers, are actually integrating AMRs directly into the solution, uh, just to provide that same kind of operational flexibility. Chances are not every SKU is going to fit in the vending machine. You know, some of those SKUs are going to be conventionally stored, so that's a role for this technology there. I'm not sure we're going to see AMRs, you know, out. Uh, you know, doing fulfillment amongst the public on the store aisles anytime soon. Uh, but in dark stores, fulfillment centers, back of the store, uh, certainly there's a role for them there. All right. I like it. Yep, I like it. I'm a big fan of the grocery pickup, as you know. And yes. I can't say I'd be too upset to know that there was a robot doing that picking for me instead, instead of that person <laughs> that either gives up and they can't find what I asked for or gives me some weird substitution yes. that has absolutely nothing to do with what I requested. Well, that's, that's, that's half the issue right there is just, you know, we need they need to have dedicated inventory so that when they take an, uh, an order, they know they can fulfill it. Uh, because otherwise, if it's out on the store floor, they don't really know whether they're going to be able to fill it until they get there. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, exactly. Yeah, really good yeah. point. And again, that's where that analytics piece and that real-time data could come in handy. If, yep. you know, if the, the bot's doing the picking of it, it can immediately pull it out of inventory and make it so that you don't see it on the website when you mm-hmm. go looking for it yeah. five minutes later even. So right. I like right. it. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thanks so much, Corey, for those questions. I hope those answer that for you. Uh, and uh, definitely don't hesitate to reach out to uh, to Mark, to our friends at Zebra and Fetch, yep. to uh, ask more questions if you have them about this particular industry. Uh, hey, let's wrap things up with our What's Tech Connecting with You segment. Yep. This is where we get to talk about something fun from the world of science, tech, innovation, something that's caught yeah, our eye, got right? our attention, could yeah. be making us excited for the future of humanity or certain that we're all doomed <laughs> to uh, robot apocalypse for all we know. So, <laughs> Mark, I'll let you start what's tech connecting with you right now well i think we've covered it this is my world this, this is the world i've been living in for the last several years uh, very excited you know this is uh back in the 80s when we were you know a bunch of young engineers building these systems we, we really thought that we were going to take over the world and we just ran into some technological limitations let's say uh, but when you look at the robotic space today mobile robots uh, anthro arms that are guided by uh, the same kinds of vision and sensor technology the MFCs that we talked about, the ASRS, uh, all that's going on, uh, it's just very exciting times. And uh, we, you know, obviously Zebra, you know, we're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah when, you, when you're working in, in a cutting edge tech world, it's kind of hard right. not to be excited about that every day. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a different level that you get to live in there. Yeah. I appreciate no, no. that. So. Well, maybe you can spell it. Like, Mark, don't you ride bikes? Are, are, if I remember correctly, uh, do, you, are you, do you ride bikes? I do. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's your interest in electric bikes? <laughs> Well, my my uh, my body as it ages will determine my interest. There you level. go. <laughs> 
Right now, not so much. We'll, we'll right. See. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> All right, awesome. Dean, what's that going to do you? So they're putting the International Space Station out to pasture. Oh, really? It, they are. Yeah, I see. I thought they were going to kind of try to keep this thing living right, with, right. Uh, with SpaceX and and all that. But the latest story was no, actually they're 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 putting it out to pasture. They they are they are officially going to let it come back tumbling into the earth, you oh, know, and wow. burn up. Uh, now we're a couple years away from that. But, you know, I guess they they determined that it's just a little it's going to be a little bit more than they thought to to keep it running. Meaning right. Rus- Russian cosmonauts have been discovering mysterious cracks through the space station, which is kind of something you don't want. Uh, other concerns include a broken toilet that really has never been able to be repaired, broken down oxygen supply systems, uh, increased temperature, the overall increase uh, the, uh, temperature on the right, inside. Right. So, you know, you just got to see these things that it sounds like okay. it's a, a little I, compounding and it's yeah. like, yeah. Maybe we should it's like put hanging it out on to that used car for just a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. So 2030, I think, is when they're going to do the last little, I guess, you know, uh, jolt of, of jet. Uh, right, right. propulsion to send it on its course so that it'll just come tumbling and it'll gotcha. end up in the in the ocean somewhere the, the stuff that doesn't burn out but i guarantee you that'll be on you know video oh, i'm sure somewhere. they'll yeah i'm sure there'll be a nice light show yeah so that, anyway so. it's kind of sad because that thing's been yeah, up there for but i get it, it. If, like. if that much stuff's happening it's probably time you know, yeah all right so you know it's time for the iss we still got you know whatever eight years yeah that it'll be up and floating around there but that uh, yeah doesn't make me too excited for the folks that have to go up there and, and hang out. It's like, <laughs> see, the toilet's broken. There's a weird crack over there. Having trouble breathing. Yeah. Getting yeah, a little hot under the collar. Hot yeah. in here. <laughs> Hopefully it makes it to that 2030 point. Oh, you know, so. man. Yeah, what's not connecting with All you? All right, here's a, here's a headline that really resonated with me. The average person doesn't have a chance with the smart home. <laughs> so this is an article from TechCrunch, and it really did resonate with oh, me. Is it robotics? Or are we going no, to robotics? No, it's, okay. it's about the idea that like there's so much smart home technology that's out there, but yes. the compatibility of it is oh. so off the charts and in so many different directions. You know, you might really good point. Google Assistant. Some stuff works with Google. Some with just with Alexa. Some with Apple. Uh, some does or doesn't work with HomeKit. And there's it basically like talking about how folks even that are very tech savvy. And I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot of exploration into a lot of this stuff because it mm-hmm. does feel that way to me. When yes, I, right. When I start looking at it, I go, okay, well. If I get this, I'm supposed to have Alexa. I don't have Alexa. I don't care about Alexa. If I have this, this will work with my home kit. This yes. will do that. Right. It does feel like there's just too many disparate types of technologies that aren't really talking to each other. That's a really good point. Um, so that you know, this this article basically is about the idea. This 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 author was talking about just when he was you know he just moved into a new home or built a new home and was interested in trying to incorporate some smart home technology and yep. how much trouble he had and yep. like he had to do a lot of research and really settle in on very specific technology and brands. He had to basically say like, all right, every single switch in my house has to be from this brand we i can't mix and match because mm. things will get wonky if i do but he does also mention at the end of the article that there may be some light at the end of the tunnel here and some relief uh, because there is a standard that's that's being somewhat adopted and that a lot of these major companies are jumping on called matter they just it's they're just referred to as matter they huh. promise to provide a foundation for connected things by ensuring they can all talk to one another regardless of which ecosystem you're in they even suggested that, that there'll be some software updates that you can use with an existing devices that you already have to help them connect to the matter ecosphere ah this is and, brilliant and, and work together 
So, yes. so hopefully that's happening on the horizon so that maybe when we all actually want to do these big, massive well, smart yeah. homes, well, that yeah. everything's all connected together and that we can actually incorporate it into like one app, one service, whatever, yep. whatever your preference is. And and not have to go out and piecemeal a bunch of stuff together. In order Dude, to make it work. I, I feel the pain here because I'm an Apple guy, right? I got yeah, my iPhone, here. I got my Mac. Uh, but we were looking into just installing like a ring doorbell mm-hmm. and maybe some basic uh, alarm system right, in our home right. because I'm traveling more, blah, 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 blah. I, I'm I'm done because yeah. none of it comp- is compatible with Apple. Yeah, I have, I, I have, have different to go back apps into for the my Android cameras, world. different apps for yeah. my security system, different apps yeah. for my smart home. Any, any yeah. like just at Christmas time, we had a smart plug that we used for the fireplace, right. For some lights up there, or whatever. Yeah. And even that was it was a logistical nightmare just to figure out how to get it connected to my Wi-Fi properly. And once it did, I was finally able to get it up and running. But it's a whole separate app I've got to use just to turn stuff on and off. I can't just say, "Hey Siri, turn it on." <laughs> so it's it's you know it's stuff like that that just like maybe, starts. Maybe Mark has nerves. this filled it, figured out. Mark, do you have a smart <laughs> home that you've got this all figured out? I have one brand of camera on my doorbell. And I have another brand of camera sitting in a box. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> all right. So I think, well, I, I Mark think we're all in agreement here. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. Matter, Matter will take care of this for us. And and it, it mentioned so we don't have to keep using the dreaded Raspberry Pi in order to, you know, try to piecemeal everything <laughs> together. So have to become like legit tech heads. So. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, Mark Wheeler from Zebra. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining Mark. us today. Thanks, John Dean. Pleasure. Definitely. And hey, until next time, uh, you know, keep watching out for that space station. It could come falling on our heads at any time now. (laughs) Don't let that happen. Please don't let that happen. Uh, And as always, please stay connected. Dean, we just spent an entire episode talking about robotics. Yes, we did. uh, Mostly in the world of warehousing and distribution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if your customers aren't quite ready for that leap yet... Something that you can do right now is to help them update their mobile technology. Absolutely. So worldwide, there are approximately 15 million mobile devices using the Windows operating system in warehouses with an estimated sales potential of $2 billion U.S. Wait, $2 billion? $2 billion. That's a go. lot of money mm-hmm. in a lot of devices, uh, many of which are probably Zebra. But let's be honest, you know, we know that, Z- that Windows is kind of on its way out. Yes, a little bit. We've been uh, talking so, about that. Migration. Exactly. Yes. So shifting warehouses from Zebra legacy devices to modern Zebra Android mobile uh-huh. technology. Ah. represents a large business opportunity for Zebra and our channel partners. It is ongoing, no doubt. Uh, This outdated technology means that your warehouse customers won't be able to keep up with changes like the e-commerce boom, Mm same-day delivery expectations, labor shortages, and, of course, Microsoft's end of support for enterprise window devices. I mean, come on, let's go. It is. It's time. Come on. It's time. I, I know, again, we always talk about being Apple guys, but we know in this space, yeah. Android Android rules. is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let Zebra help you modernize, migrate, and retain your warehouse business with Swift, smooth Android devices. I love the setup. Yes. Swift, smooth nice. Android yes. devices. Uh, ch- check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Zebra representative to learn more.